given in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Today is the third Sunday after the feast day of Easter. We're in a very dramatic and a very important time in the church year. We're in that 40-day period that extends from Easter Sunday when Jesus rose from the dead through Ascension Thursday when Jesus ascended and returned to his throne in heaven and to the Feast of Pentecost when Jesus fulfills his promise and sends the Holy Spirit to enlighten our minds and to open our hearts and to help us to understand. This 40-day period that we read about in Scripture that Jesus spent with his apostles and other unnamed disciples is what I like to call a period of remedial Christianity. Because you see, what Jesus was doing after the resurrection, after all the things that he had talked about had actually happened, and they had been witnesses to them, and moved very strongly by them, and frightened by much of what they witnessed, Jesus was bringing it all into context for them, so they could see the unfolding of God's plan and come to an understanding. And so in the same way, during these seven weeks between Easter and Pentecost, we study these appearances of Jesus and we study these words that he shared with the people and we too try to come into an understanding and to an enlightenment about the basis of our faith so that we can be not just spectator Christians but committed Christians who truly want to live the gospel of Jesus Christ. This whole period is Jesus' efforts to bring us into understanding out of ignorance into knowledge, out of darkness into light. And so in the readings today, this word popped up several times, ignorance. And perhaps when you heard this word, you could feel the hairs jump up on the back of your neck because we don't like to think of ourselves as being ignorant in any way. There is a certain amount of pride in all of us that says that we know quite a bit. And yet Jesus finds it necessary to clarify things for us. And that's what he's doing during this period. That's what he definitely wants to do today when these readings are so focused on this idea of ignorance that we all struggle with. So what about this ignorance that Jesus talks about? 
Well, I seem to recall somewhere that there is some adage in the English language that maintains that ignorance is bliss. And for you adults in the congregation who have raised your children and gone through the turbulent years of the teenagers and now your children have moved out of the home and are living on their own, you no longer have to worry about what time they come home at night. You no longer have to worry about whether they're brushing their teeth every day. You no longer have to worry if they're changing the, car, the oil in their car. To a certain extent, ignorance is bliss. You no longer have to worry about those things. Seems to me, too, that an old American philosopher by the name of Mark Twain made an observation on ignorance that is interesting. He said, you're all ignorant. It's just that you're all ignorant about different things. He was making the observation that we don't know everything and we're not expected to know everything. For instance, the uh, cardiac surgeon is very adept in her vocation, but she probably is absolutely hopeless if it came to playing a guitar. There are so many things that are right for us to know, and there are other fields of area, area uh, of, uh, uh, of endeavor of which we are ignorant and are happily ignorant because we don't need to know those things. But there are some things that we do need to know. And that's what Jesus is telling us today. He says that in the depth of our souls... We have been created, we have been fashioned by God to be in a relationship with Him. That's God's plan for us. The Westminster Catechism states it very succinctly this way. Man's chief end is to glorify God in this life and to be happy with Him in the next. If you come from another tradition, the Baltimore Catechism also has its own explanation of our purpose in life. It says you were created to know, to love, and to serve God in this life, and to be happy with Him forever in the next. We have all been created to know God. That's one of the primary purposes of why we have been given the gift of life. So that we will know the giver, the creator, who gave us this wonderful gift. And we will understand what it means to be in a relationship with God. A relationship that is meant to be transforming, changing us constantly, and redeeming. 
knowing God, being known by God, and knowing where God is at work in the world around us. That knowledge brings our greatest joy and our greatest insight in the life we live. So to be ignorant concerning this fundamental knowledge about ourselves and our God is much more serious than being ignorant about how to set up a website, for instance, or how to speak Japanese, or how to dance the rumba. As we look at it, we come to the realization that there are actually two kinds of ignorance. There are two kinds of ignorant people in the world. It's the person who says, I don't know. And it's the person who says, I don't know that I don't know. And I don't care. Simple ignorance is the first kind, in other words. And it's the one that says, I don't know. But the other ignorance is an arrogant prideful ignorance that says I don't want to know I don't care and that is a serious disconnect from our God the gospel lesson that you just heard is a wonderful example of simple ignorance Two of Jesus' followers, delusioned and disappointed because of his execution and death, have left Jerusalem and in all probability are going back to the old life that they led before they met Jesus and are very downcast and disappointed on the turn of events that they have witnessed. And all of a sudden, a stranger comes up and talks with them. It's Jesus, the risen Christ. And it is Easter Sunday afternoon. But they are so caught up in their disappointment that they do not recognize Jesus. At least they don't recognize him until they reach the end. And as they break bread together and see Jesus offer the bread and pray over the wine, that their eyes are open and they understand who he is. And they say to themselves, wasn't your heart warmed within you as we walked with him? And he explained all these things to us. And they made sense. And they immediately ran back to the upper room. Only to find out that Jesus had been there before them. And that the apostles as well had seen Jesus. Why did they not recognize Jesus on the road? 
Why were their eyes blinded? Why could they not see him? For the same reason that you and I do not see him among us. Working his love and grace in the hands and the feet and presence of other people. And continuing his work among us. And inviting us to participate in that work. The apostles could not imagine a world in which death was not the final chapter. They could not possibly imagine a world in which good always triumphed over evil. That was a world that was impossible except through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the disciples in the upper room were the same way until Jesus appeared to them, proved that he was the risen Christ, and then spent that time helping to open their minds and bringing them out of darkness into light. And how eager they were to make that transition to follow Jesus. You see, it was only when Jesus opened their minds and their hearts to understand the Scriptures that they were finally freed from their ignorance. This is what we have to understand about this simple form of ignorance shared by all people of goodwill. You see, the mysteries of the Christian faith by their very nature, stretch the mind, stretch our souls. They're not concerned only with studying hard and memorizing verses. Studying God's Word is important to be sure, but we have to realize that there is always an element of revelation in faith, not just discovery. In the Christian faith, God is opening our minds if we will permit him to understand and through that understanding to follow him and to live that life. But you and I have to be open to learn. We have to be willing to place ourselves in a position to learn. Faith is not unearthed like the discovery of a dinosaur bone. It is infused into those who are open to receive that grace of God. Faith is imparted, revealed, given gladly and freely by a generous God who wants every person to know him. So the cure for the simple ignorance of the would-be disciple is openness and willingness to receive the gift of God's revealed truth. 
Listen to how the brother of Jesus, St. James, speaks of this process in his letter, chapter 1, verse 14. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. If you want that knowledge, if you want that wisdom, ask for it and expect to receive it and live it when given generously and graciously. We all struggle with simple ignorance. And here at St. Paul's, you have so many opportunities to open yourself up to the presence of the Spirit and allow the Lord to expand your mind and to open your heart and to enrich your life. The second type of ignorance is much more insidious. A person who arrogantly clings to their ignorance is more sinister and dangerous than simple ignorance. This is the condition the Apostle Peter addressed in the reading from the Acts that you saw on the screen this morning. He boldly declared to the Hebrews of Jerusalem that it was their ignorance that caused Jesus Christ to be crucified on the cross. Their arrogance to refuse to even consider the possibility that God's Messiah could be present in Jesus Christ. And to make the connection between the preaching that he did and the miracles that he performed and the claim that he made. But they were so anchored in their arrogance and pride that they refused to accept it. And Jesus was crucified. Not because of spite. Because of ignorance. Now we might think that the cure for ignorance would be academics. But you will notice that in the reading from Acts, Peter did not advise the Hebrews to go to the library... He told them to repent. Repent. Accept your limitations. Accept your ignorance. And repent before a God who can open your heart and your soul. And Peter is not alone in his call for ignorance against, I mean for repentance against ignorance. Later on in the same Acts of the Apostles, Paul is going to be preaching to the intellectual elite congregation at at, uh, Athens. And he is going to declare that their false worship of idols is a result of their ignorance. Listen to what St. Paul said. 
chapter 17 of Acts, verse 30. In the past, God overlooked your ignorance, he said. But now, now that Jesus has come and died and risen from the dead and revealed himself to us, now he commands that all people everywhere repent. Interesting consistency between Peter and Paul and James, isn't it? Even a casual reader of the Acts of the Apostles know that Peter and Paul were not the best of friends and often often argued rather violently with each other about procedures, never about the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, but how to proceed in bringing this faith to others. But on here, they are in agreement. The only thing that frees us from our arrogance and our pride is repentance, to confess that failing to God and to receive his forgiveness. Whether preaching to the Jews or the Gentiles, whether preaching in Jerusalem or in Athens, the preachers in the early church were very clear that the cause of humanity's ignorance and failure to recognize God is ignorance. And that the first step toward a cure is repentance. But until we are willing to break our arrogance and to surrender our pride, to admit there is much we simply do not know, we will have no room or insight, no room for God's redemptive love sort of gives a stronger impetus to the words of the evangelist John, who in his first letter wrote this often quoted verse that's part of our penitential rite. Here's what John said in his first epistle. If we claim to be without sin... We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, that's repentance. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and bring us from darkness into light from ignorance into knowledge. Today, in this halfway point between the resurrection and the coming of the Holy Spirit, God speaks to us very strongly through the voice of Peter and the other apostles and the situations of their day and pleads with us to repent, to be open 
to the Holy Spirit making a difference in our heart and in our minds. Please pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord, break our hearts. Open our hearts. Whatever it takes. And remove us from ignorance to faith. From darkness to light. So we may know you more nearly. And serve you more dearly. Amen. God bless.